Does Monday at the office feel like a storm? Not with Microsoft Copilot. That feeling when Copilot gets everyone up to speed instantly? It's sunny again. When Copilot simplifies complex data so your teams can act, that sun's shining on a beach. And when Copilot uncovers hidden insights, you're on that beach with your people and you find buried treasure. That's Microsoft Copilot. Learn more at Microsoft.com slash AI for all. Hi, hello, and welcome. It's me, Nellifer. I'm a journalist on a mission to find out what spiritual connection means in our secular age, and I'm going to do it by trying rituals from all over the world. Welcome to Ritually. Today's episode is about tarot, and in a minute, you're going to meet Jen Cowney, my guide for this week's ritual. A lot of the things that connect ritual is a connection to your intuition and connection to the intuitive self and to that sort of sense of, of instinct and that bit of our primal beings that you can't really explain. But first, why am I desperately seeking the wisdom of tarot reading in the first place? Right now, I'm facing a lot of big decisions, and I'm hoping that as Jen turns each tarot card over, maybe I can turn the corner on any one of these big decisions I've got ahead of me. You do not need to be a member of a psychic oracle witch energy club to get into this, but you do need to have an open mind. Producer Sarah. Hi. What do you think of when you hear the word tarot? Gosh, I think of a 17-year-old girl alone in her bedroom with a bunch of tarot cards. That's really specific. I know. It's because it was me. (laughs) That's me. And I'm here just to tell you my little story. What exactly were you doing with these tarot cards? Sitting on my bedroom floor with a bunch of tarot cards and asking questions about boys I fancied and then writing them in a big black book and then it all got a bit much. Why? Because it all started coming true and I was like, oh my God, this is too much. So I just got loads of my mum's fabrics that she'd given me and then I like wrapped it all up and put it in a special box because I was a bit scared. Is that what you have in front of you? Yeah. The, the cursed tarot cards? Yeah, they're not cursed. They're not cursed. Sorry, it's they're just sounding a little powerful. bit of an occulty vibe right now, is it was, all I'm saying. It got too powerful, it got too scary, I couldn't handle it. So by putting it away in a shoebox, you're actually saying that you really believe in tarot and it worked for you. What I am saying is that I will never do tarot because I do not want to know the future and I'm scared of my psychic abilities. Well, I want to do tarot because I don't believe it's real and I'm quite a sceptic. Okay, well, let's see how this goes. So, producer Sarah has put me in touch with Jen Cowney to turn this all on its head. Jen is the co-author of the book Wildcard, which reimagines the ritual of tarot. It's less about traditional fortune-telling and more about playing with story and our subconscious. And it explains how everyone can engage with tarot even if you're not Mystic Meg. So one chilly Monday morning, Jen came to my flat with her tarot cards to read for me. Nice to meet you. I'm 
Nice to meet you, Jen. Come on in. Have a seat wherever you like. Wherever you like. She was greeted by my dog, Lupin. Would you like to meet me properly? What's your name? Hello. Hi, how are you? What's your name? Back in her 20s, Jen and her friend Fiona Lensfeld decided to go on a tarot course together. Then, in 2018, they formed a tarot stage show called Litwitcher. They do their readings at parties, literary events and festivals, and they use tarot as a tool for self-exploration, interview and conversation. I made Jen a cup of yummy tea and we settled on some cushions on my floor. I've got my questions. We've got the cool candle burning. Candle is great. It does create some real ambiance for the morning. I've got some tarot cards when we need them. There we go. What should I expect from this experience? I have a very open mind about it, mm-hmm. but I'm also a journalist by trade. I'm like, what are you going to give me that I can take into my normal life that's going to be useful to me? So I think it is actually right to go into any tarot reading with a degree of healthy open-mindedness, but also healthy scepticism. There is a lot around the way that tarot should be ethically practiced that isn't always observed. I think a lot of people now, particularly in the sort of modern tarot reading community, are very careful about this, but I certainly have encountered stories of tarot readers who are just like, please give me money and I will tell you something scary, which is not really what I think anyone wants or should have from this. I personally feel very strongly that tarot should be an empowering practice. When you leave a tarot reading, You should be feeling like you've got something useful, whether that is a new perspective or confidence in a decision you want to make or even just a question that you want to turn over in your head. What I do often say to people who I read for is don't expect to be, I don't know, blown away and surprised by some hidden behind the veil meaning being illuminated for you. You know, it's a deck of 78 cards. Each card has a story to tell. Each card represents human experience and archetype. They will all be familiar to you in some way. And really the way that the tarot works is about giving permission for you to explore some of your own feelings and your own thoughts, to look at stories and go, how does that relate to me? What perspective does that give me on myself? And I feel that it's not actually the job of tarot cards to tell you what to do. It's not my job as a tarot reader to tell you what to do. It's your job as a person to look at this and go, what does this ask me about myself and how I feel? What do I want to take away from this story? Do I like this story for myself? Do I absolutely hate it? Do I want to change? And I say this very carefully because I'm someone who's been in therapy for very many years and would never ever tell someone that tarot can take that place, but it can have a a therapeutic element to Mm. it. There are times when I've read people where clearly a card comes up and it just gives them the ability to say, actually, this is something that's been bothering me lately. Yeah. Can I talk to you about it? I suppose the way I think of it, I'm not expecting you to rock my world or <laughs> dig into my deepest, darkest feelings. I'm also not expecting you to tell me I'm going to get married to my boy. You know what I mean? Like none yeah. of that sort of stuff. But I am hoping that some of the things that have been really heavy on mm. me can be sort of unraveled in this reading. Well, hopefully we can do that for you. Are we ready to begin? Oh my God, yeah. Jen shuffled the cards. That actually went quite well, which I don't always manage. Jen asked me to pick 10 cards to then lay out in the Celtic cross. Which is sort of a traditional, well-known tarot spread. The Celtic cross is made up of 10 cards with four others in a vertical line on the right-hand side. All of them are facing down. 
So first thing to note, just in case you're wondering what tarot card deck we're reading from, this is the Omni Tarot by Olivia Healy. It's quite a modern deck. All of the characters in the cards are generally coded feminine. They have really long legs in a way that I find hilarious because they've got big boots on. <laughs> and most of the traditional decks will show it in quite a heteronormative, cisgendered way. These cards truly are stunning. And if you'd like to see pictures of the tarot reading with the Olivia Healy illustrated card deck, head over to our Instagram at theritualypod. All right. So next, Jen turned each one of my cards face up one by one. High Priestess, love this for you. Oh, interesting. First impressions. First impressions, lots of things in here. You've got a real mix. You have the cups, the wands, the pentacles and the swords. And each of those suits refers to a different aspect of the self. So the cups is the heart, the swords are the mind, the pentacles are, broadly speaking, the body, and the wands are the spirit, the energy. Oh, so, God, I so am spirited. You've got a lot of spirit in mm. here, a lot of like what you're doing, sort of energetic stuff mm. happening here. But what you haven't got is any cups. So this suggests to me, although I, we could be wrong, this is not going to be reading about the heart. This is not going to be all about whether you're getting married or whether you're getting brutally dumped at any point. So you can strike that from your mind. So we've got two cards to start with, Seven of Wands and the Eight of Wands. This is all about where you put your energy and what you do with yourself. Now the Seven of Wands is basically a card of having principles and the Wands are the suit of energy, one of transformation and change and how you kind of bring about change in the world. The Eight of Wands is basically all about nowness. There's something you've been perhaps wrestling with or pushing forward with and feeling like, I want to do this, even if other people are saying I maybe shouldn't. The Eight of Wands is going, but you feel like it's urgent. I'm trying to think, could we be talking about this? Could we be talking mm. about this? It very much feels like in a sense, we're kind of navigating my subconscious. Yes, well, we're coming on to your actual subconscious, but it is, yeah. Now, we're gonna go into two pairs of cards now, and you have here a twin set of pentacles. You've got the four of pentacles above and the ace of pentacles below. And this is very interesting for me because it feels to me like we are here at a bit of a crossroads between the known, the safe, the secure, and something that might be a little bit more of a risk, a little bit more of an adventure, and a little bit more, you don't know where it will take you. And it's hard to <laughs> decide whether or not you should do it. It's an interesting pairing here because there's that sense of doing what's right and feeling like now is a moment where you need to kind of make the, some big decisions. Yes. And that maybe what you're struggling with is that sense of moving from a place of security and yes. knowing where you are to something that's a bit more unknown. Yeah. I hadn't told Jen about this, but I was thinking about buying a place with my partner, Matt. Now, I've always been an independent person and something like sharing paperwork in a house with someone else for the first time ever, well, it made me lightheaded. Was I ready to take on such a big risk? Okay, let me, let me rephrase that. Was I ready for such a big opportunity? So yeah, the cards seem to be speaking to me. On to the next one, the ace. The ace is obviously the lowest card of the suit in the tarot. It's a small thing. It's not the card of going and buying Dear an listeners, island. I, in fact, am not thinking about buying an island. <laughs> 
So I was like, if I were reading for Richard Branson, I'd be like, oh, Richard, are you thinking of buying another island? <laughs> it's more than kind of like the small changes you put out into the world. And there's a beautiful line of poetry that I always think of when I see this card, yeah. which is um, from Angela Carter. And it says, the smallest things are not the least marvellous. Yeah. And it's just that sense that sometimes putting something small out into the world, something new, something different, something fantastic can grow from it. Jen then explained the next pairing, the Eight of Swords and the Two of Wands. It's all about my starting point, looking at where my mental state might be rooted and then the direction that it was going in. Basically how my subconscious is directing my future. And the Eight of Swords is an uncanny looking card. The blindfolded woman on the card jumped out at me straight away. Can I just say, so this is the one I'm most interested for. Oh, okay. And the one I've been waiting for you to get to. Oh. So the dichotomy here that you're talking about, mm-hmm. the idea of the mental state that I was in and the mental state towards which I'm going, I'm so interested in because one of the parts about being in therapy mm. or going through traumatic events in your life is that transition from unwellness to wellness. Mm-hmm. I'm so eager to see what you're going to explain about the eight of swords and the two of wands. Okay, let's, well, let's see. It's interesting that you mentioned therapy there because the eight of swords is a card that I personally associate a lot with people going into or going through a therapeutic process. So, Oh, really? Yes. That's quite a personal association, um, partly because I've been in therapy for a long time and this is a card that's really spoken to me a lot and that I've seen a lot for myself through that journey. I'll describe the visual metaphor because I think it is quite important for a listener to see. The Eight of Swords is usually a woman. Sure. um, And she's blindfolded and she's wrapped up in ropes. So she's tied and bound and blindfolded in a ring of eight swords. So it's not the cheeriest visual metaphor that the tarot has to offer. And when in the tarot you see someone with their eyes covered or looking away, it's often about them looking into their internal landscape. And also it should be pointed out that the swords is the suit of the mind. So again, you can begin to see how these metaphors kind of coalesce around a person who might be in quite a difficult place where they feel very trapped. They're in a cage of their own thoughts and their own memories, their experiences. This is not something that who was being physically held. This is someone whose mind has created a bit of a prison for them. It is a very difficult place to be in. And it's one that whenever I see it in anyone's reading, we always think we should should tread carefully. So this card suggests to you that I should be in therapy? This card is where you're coming from. And I think this is a place that a lot of people are in when they first decide to engage with a therapeutic process where they recognise that there is something that is holding them in place and that that is making them feel trapped or small or unhappy or miserable and that they need to sort of try and work out how to break free of it and how to get out of it. It's interesting to me that it comes up because I think so much of my life has been about breaking through Mm. things. I was born in Afghanistan in 1988, in the middle of occupied battleground in Kabul, becoming a refugee from there, becoming an illegal immigrant, being trafficked to the UK, and then dealing with the mental anguish. And I remember knowing that I can't speak the language of English. Mm. And I remember wanting very much to be like, I have things to say and I really want to know what you're saying and feeling that entrapment. And sometimes it feels like what the Eight of Swords represents in tarot. I feel like I constantly get pushed that way. Yeah. doesn't matter how much progress I make. doesn't matter how much therapy I go to. If someone chooses to, they can just press a button, mm. click send, and I am right back to that Gosh. anguish. That's a really difficult place to be. It's something that I feel tethered to. Like, I can't. It keeps forcing me there Mm. and I'm trying to break away from it. 
Mm. I wish there were a way that we could sort of switch off those awful parts of the world. But I think that self-knowledge that you have, that it's not you putting yourself there, I think that is probably a gift that you have in a way to go that you can't control other people, but you can control your own feelings to Mm. a certain extent, not Mm. entirely. And I think the Eight of Swords, recognising that you're being put back in that place, recognising that and being able to name the beast and to see it for what it is, I think can be an extraordinary blessing. And certainly with this card, the gift of it is that sense of if you can see it, if you can actually sort of open your eyes and go, wait, I'm in this ring of swords and I'm being bound. Yeah. That's the first step to being able to step out of it. Oh, I just got shivers. <laughs> I had fallen deep into a hyper-focused zone. It was like a kind of check-in for my subconscious. Like the tarot was scanning me and finding parts of my mind and my sense of self that needed attention. Find a fresh take on a fall getaway to Wilmington, North Carolina and beaches. Enjoy hiking trails in a state park, fresh seafood with a sight of live music and fall festivals galore. Then live it up along the Riverwalk in Wilmington's historic downtown. With three island beaches, Carolina, Curie and Wrightsville and a vibrant downtown, you get the best of the Carolina coast all in one place. Plan your fall getaway at WilmingtonandBeachesVacation.com. The Waves is Slate's podcast about gender and feminism. Every Thursday, two hosts dive into a topic they just can't stop thinking about. From the hidden cost of breast implants to the way we talk about cancel culture and even Jane Austen and erotic thrillers. If you're thinking about it, we're talking about it and trying to figure out what gender has to do with it. Listen to The Waves wherever you get your podcasts. Okay, next we left that difficult place with the Eight of Swords and we moved on to the Two of Wands. Two of Wands is very different. So if the Swords are all about the mind and the Eight of Swords is all about kind of feeling trapped a little bit by thoughts, by anxieties, by feelings, the Two of Wands is about basically standing and looking out. So in this image you can see a person who's got two big wands Sticks, big sticks, and they're looking at a globe. And, yes. and in most decks, this is actually a globe of the world. It sort of presents that sense of being able to go out there and decide where you want your adventures to take you and to be able oh, to, like, so look into the... It's, it's, it's great, isn't it? Yeah. And it's usually someone sort of staring off into a distant landscape and being like, where next? Yeah. Where shall I go? And it is this card of feeling quite free, of feeling like you've got, like, a galvanising mm-hmm. spark in you. And this is about being like, I'm going to go off on my adventures. It's going to be great. And the two of wands therefore sometimes speaks to, and I think this is where it comes back into the cards you've looked at before, decisions to be made. Yeah. So you're off on your path and you've set out and you're, and you're on your... I'm on my jollies. You've got your, you've got your backpack and you're got like, I'm going on my way. Got the dog and, leash. And you're there and you're like, I'm moving away from this place of being trapped and into a place of freedom and into a place of being kind of liberated and able to oh kind of gosh. chart my own course. What are, you, are you in my head? Go on. The tarot yes, is in yes, your yes, head. Yes, 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 yes. And it says, but there are decisions to make along the way. You get to a fork in the road and then you're like, oh, but there's more than one thing I could do. That's difficult, isn't it? There'll always be more ever-branching points of decision in your life, and you never know where the path might lead you. And I think these two, going back, I'm pointing at the Four of Pentacles and the Two of Wands here, speak to me quite a lot, because actually sometimes 
when you're processing difficult emotional yeah. situations you need comfort and you need stability you need yeah. a safe place to do that from mm. and actually if you're beginning to move away and to feel more confident in yourself to feel more able to do things that's when you can start to take some more risks some more kind of leaps of faith to go actually I'm gonna try something I'm gonna try the thing that isn't the sure yes. bet yeah because yeah. I can do that now. I have the I have the resilience and yes. I have the power within me to do that. Everything you're saying speaks to me very much so. Okay. Mm -hmm. Well that's good. Yeah. <laughs> no. She's not a charlatan producer, Sarah. Oh, oh my god. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> um. Next up we looked at the cards in the middle of the cross, which show you how you're doing things and how other people see you. Yeah, go off, sis. The high priestess and the, the strength. The strength. <laughs> These are both, actually, I would say among my favourite cards of the deck. So <laughs> I'm, I'm very pleased to see them here today. So the high priestess is how you're approaching things and strength is how other people see you. I'm just a baddie? Is that what I'm getting? Not, no. Oh, oh <laughs> yeah. okay, okay, okay. okay. It's always, always, always. Pretty much. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So the high priestess, a little bit what it does on the tin. You're looking at this and you're thinking, is this someone who's quite witchy and in touch with her intuitive side and the answer is yes now she's not actually necessarily a magician or a magic practicer she is the card that asks you sometimes to look within yourself to follow your gut instinct to follow mm. your intuition i have been battling that a little bit because i'm quite an intuitive person but i have to sometimes quash that little voice inside of me that says really there now like mm. are you sure here and i'm just like but be quiet i definitely hear you and i know certainly there is always a bad side to every card. One of the bad sides of the high priestess is when people are just too like, no, 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 it'll all be fine. I just trust my instincts and my yeah. instincts are always right. Now, your instincts are not always right. Not always, certainly not. And you shouldn't, I think, just blindly go after stuff when there is evidence to the contrary. Like You should always be holding yourself to, to think critically and think with reason and to apply a sense of, no, but what is the evidence? Yes as well as what do yes. I feel about this? What do I see the contradiction in using a bunch of magical cards telling me to think logically? Yes, <laughs> I do. But do I also like it? Confirmation bias me. Absolutely. But I think the High Priestess says is, don't allow yourself to completely lose your instinct or intuition. At the other end though, I think you can get to a point where you're so worried about the data and so worried about the numbers that actually you find yourself kind of going against something that you know is right for you personally. Or you can get yourself into a real fret where you're worrying so much about numbers. Numbers can't tell you everything. I know this because I work in advertising. I do huge amounts of data crunching and you're like, cool, there's lots of evidence that suggests this, but it can't show you the whole world. So you need to, to marry those two things together. And I think it is really interesting that you're doing this podcast, this series right now. I think to me, a lot of the things that connect ritual is a connection to your intuition and a connection to the intuitive self and to that sort of sense of instinct and that bit of our primal beings that you can't really explain. The high priestess when she turns up is not saying give over everything to the intuition but she is saying find a role for it and bear in mind also that that is sometimes where the magic happens. Sometimes you might go if I were just going purely on evidence the most statistically viable route is this one but I feel like there's something in this Got one. It. We are not robots. We have to trust our hearts as well as our minds. So keep doing it. Oh. 
the strength. Now, I love the strength card. I think this is a particularly great showing of it in this deck. In this deck, it is a woman with giant red boots, the boots. riding a lion to victory. It is not about being really strong and hench. It's not about going to the gym more. Yeah. It's about inner strength. Yeah. And in this instance, the woman and the lion both represent complementary parts of the self. Mm -hmm. The rational side, the sort of the side that knows what you should do, but also the more kind of basically yeah. feral side. You have to be able to make both parts of those part of who you are. And I think this is a lovely card for how other people see you because it suggests other people look at you and think that you're able to recognize and to acknowledge and to embrace all the parts of yourself. Two more cards to go. Let's do it. You have the hopes and fears card, which is kind of, I guess, a card that's about things that you're thinking about, things that might be worrying you, things you might be hoping for. You've just got, mm. you just casually got the world, which is... <laughs> <laughs> what are you worried about now? Just the just, world. Just everything. Just the world, guys. I've got the world on my shoulders. Yeah, just the world. The world is actually the final card of the tarot. And so mm. if you feel like you're coming to sort of a point in your development in your life where you're like, this feels like the end of an era, you're thinking, what next? And you're thinking, but you're also thinking, what can I take? What have I learned? Quite a lovely card to have there. Thanks. <laughs> Just a casual little Just world. Just the world. And then, interestingly, your final card. Your it sort of... seems the least interesting. It, well, I'm it... not going to lie. It seems just like the wild card of the tarot reading <laughs> is giving me meh. <laughs> so we've got a lovely figure holding a sort of scales and six pentacles. Six of pentacles is basically a card about fairness and about unfairness. I guess it's a surprising thing you should mention because this idea of justice and injustice is very much in my life at the moment. I think it's interesting because to me that also tracks right back to that first card, the Seven of Wands, and about standing up for principles and standing up for yeah. what you believe in even when the world seems like it might be disagreeing. And the Six of Pentacles is about how we can use our voice, our power, in whatever form it takes to try and help right those injustices in the world. Well, this is bizarre because I feel like I've come to a decision about something that I've been unsure of for a while yeah wow does that often happen do people make decisions based off of readings it should be an empowering practice and it should be one that helps you to sit with and think about some of the things that are in your own mind and I think a great outcome is when you get to the end and go actually that gives me a sense of confidence about a decision I want to make thank you so much you're so welcome I hadn't made the decision there and then it was more like I discovered the decision that had been deep inside my mind all along. And the tarot cards were instrumental in my journey to realising that. Tarot's not about reading your future and the turning of the cards. It's more of a choose-your-own-adventure book, where you get to pick the ending. And if you don't agree with it, that's fine. Because you can just start all over again and come to a different conclusion entirely. That is all we have for this episode. But if you're titillated by tarot, then follow me into our next bonus episode available to brazen subscribers, where we hear more from Jen and we talk to the woman who researched the secret history of tarot reading, Laetitia Barber. Tarot was invented as a game in northern Italy in the 15th century. About a century after card playing became an important game in Europe, the Italians were very fond of trick-taking games and decided to complexify the game by adding another set of cards that were figurative. <laughs>
Thank you for listening. If you'd like to share your experience of this ritual or you've got another one for me to explore, please let me know. Connect with me at Nelifer on Twitter and TikTok and follow us on Instagram at The Ritually Pod. And we have a bonus listener episode coming up and I want to hear from you. What do you think of the series so far? Are there any rituals you've been doing or that you think I should look into? You can record a voice memo and send that over for us to listen to or just write down your thoughts and I'll read them. Our email address is ritually at projectbrazen.com. You can also record a voicemail on our website, ritually.fm. If you like what you're listening to, please rate, yeah, and review, okay? It makes all the difference, you know. Sign up for our newsletter to get the latest Ritually updates. We've got the link in our show notes. You can learn more about Jen Cowney and her friend Fiona Lensfeld at litwitcher.com. If you fancy learning more about tarot, then buy their book, Wildcard, Let the Tarot Tell Your Story. Next week on Ritually, I'll be sharing an extremely personal story about something that's very common, abortion. And with the help of an abortion doula, I experience some of the most transformative rituals of the series. The medical trauma alone is tough, but I never really got over it. So that's why I'm here with you today, because there's the medical side of what happened to me. And then there's a the spiritual side of what happened to me. And I never dealt with it. See you then. This has been Ritually with me, Nilafar Hidayat. This podcast is written and co-created by me and Sarah Kendall, who's also our series producer. We produce the show in partnership with Brazen. Susie Armitage is our story editor. Troy Holmes is our audio editor. Mixing and sound design by Claire Urban. Our theme tune is by Amaroon and our original music is by Jay Brown. Executive producers for Brazen are Bradley Hope and Tom Wright. At Brazen, Mariangel Gonzalez is our project manager and Lucy Woods is our fact checker and head of research. Charlotte Cooper is our marketing consultant. Francesca Gelardi, Quadrio Curzio and Noor Abdel Latif are podcast strategists. Megan Dean is programming manager and Ryan Ho is the series creative director. Our cover art is designed by Julianne Pradier. For more from Ritually, head to the Brazen channel on Apple Podcasts. There, you can subscribe to Brazen Plus for ad-free listening and exclusive access to bonus episodes. If you'd like to learn more about the series, check out our website, ritually.fm. 